This message tonight stems from a testimony meeting two or three weeks back that uh, somebody made a comment in their testimony. It's turned out to be the message, the title of the message tonight. Well, not the title of the message, but what we're going to be preaching about. Hallelujah. And we're going to be going back to the book of Psalms, chapter 78. Uh, reading verses 40 through 41. Psalm 78, 40 through 41. Right. Hallelujah. A very thought-provoking word that uh, I believe God wants us all to hear tonight. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. That word limit is what I heard in a testimony a couple weeks back. He said, yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Let's pray. Lord, as we come tonight, we thank you and we praise you, God, for the privilege to be in this service again. Thank you, God, for uh, your spirit that is here. Thank you, God, for everything that's been done already, the testimonies, God, the worship, everything. Now speak to us, God, from your word. Give us direction, God, and guidance right now in the blessed, mighty, holy name of Jesus. Let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. What's this I'm holding in my hand here? That's a box. I want everybody to turn to your neighbor and say, let God out of the box. That's the title of my message tonight, let God out of the box. Um, God has been taking a step at a time, leading us from one point to the other, teaching us, giving us direction. And one of the most important things for this assembly this hour and this time right now is for all of us is to let God out of the box. I remember going at, uh, I believe it was um, uh, the Cracker Barrel, and uh, in their gift shop, I walked by, and uh, something started uh, saying, Excuse me! Excuse me! And I looked, what in the world is that? And there was this little box there. It was made like a crate. And there was an eyeball sticking out the end of it. Somebody like it was banging, saying, excuse me? Anybody seen that? You know what I'm talking about? Well, sometimes, folks, Brother Darrell, we get so tied up in church service doing our own thing, how we think things ought to be, that God's in a box knocking on the inside saying, excuse me? Excuse me, you got me in a box. You're limiting my power. It's time to let God out of the box. 
the word limit, he said they, he's, he talked, of course, we all know that he was talking about the children of Israel here in Psalm 78 and how that they grieved him in the desert. They provoked him. Uh, you in good company, if anybody ever kind of gets you, gets you angry, rubs you the wrong way, you in good company because God got rubbed the wrong way a lot those 40 years the Jews were going around in their wilderness. He said, they tempted me. Hallelujah. They tempted God because there were several times it wasn't for Moses. He would have just struck them all dead. One time he told Moses, I'm going to tell you something. It pays to have good leadership that's got the people's welfare in mind. Because if it wasn't for Moses, and many times stand between God and Israel, he would have wiped them all off the face of the map. Hallelujah. He told me, he said, get out of my way. Right. Right. Hallelujah. Thank God he's always had some people willing to stand in the gap. If it wasn't, and, and I heard testimonies tonight about different people, some of them were parents or whatever, that stood in the gap for you. They stood in the gap in between you and judgment. Hallelujah. You would be judged right now if it wasn't for them standing in the gap for you. Hallelujah. But, uh, God says they, they limited me. The word limit, I look, when you look it up in Webster's Dictionary, it means, it means to set a boundary. To set a boundary or restrict. That's what the dictionary said. To set a boundary or to restrict. Now, if you go back to the original Hebrew meaning of this word, it means to sketch out in the Hebrew, sketch out a boundary, like somebody is fixing to to, to um, you're gonna you're gonna lay out here something, you're gonna build something, you're gonna maybe they, they was gonna uh, plant a vineyard because they did a lot of that back then, and uh, they would sketch out the boundary of uh, of what their vineyard would 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 be, and that's where the word come from. So when you think about limit. You think about setting boundaries. You thinking about putting restrictions. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, when you consider the awesome power of God and all His infinite glory, I, it may not be for you, but for me it's difficult to consider that a mere mortal man could have any control whatsoever on His power and glory. It's kind of hard for me to fathom that. That a just a, that a human being like me and you has got power over God. Because the Bible said He has all power. How in the world could you and I ever have any kind of control or power over God? I'm going to tell you tonight, hallelujah, that you and I exercise power over God a lot of times sitting in His own house. When we're worried about what we're going to do when we get home, or we keep looking at the clock, or we're worried about this and worried about that, we've got Jesus all wrapped up in a box, and He's saying, Excuse me! Excuse me! Let me out! I can heal somebody! I can deliver somebody! I can set somebody free if you just let me out of the box! My Lord! Hallelujah! Glory! Hallelujah. Think about it and take it to heart, church. In fact, many people in their own way, all of us have different ways of cramming Jesus in a box. 
And I promise you, Kate, no man or no woman here sitting on the pew tonight bragging claim that you ain't never done it because we've all been guilty of doing it. Every one of us. Hallelujah. Many people in their own way have placed God in a box which they have built and designed. On the other hand, listen to this. While we got God in a box and we got Him restricted and we got a boundary set around saying, God, you can have so much, but you can't cross here. God, you can have so much in my life, but I've got a boundary. Don't come over here. Don't touch this area of my life. Hallelujah. God's speaking to somebody right now. Hallelujah. While we are guilty of cramming God in a box and setting a boundary around Him, the devil is loose, running rapid over the whole land, going anywhere he pleases, doing anything he wants to do. One place he said he's like a roaring lion. One time they came across and the Lord, the Lord asked him, he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going from to and fro from the earth. I'm checking things out. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing? Here the devil is that he don't want to do nothing but destroy and kill every one of us in this house tonight. But yet he's running free, wild and rapid. And our only hope, our only defense, we got inside the box. Hallelujah. Lordy God, I feel the anointing of God in this tonight. Think about it, church. We need to think about it. Our only hope for deliverance, we have placed in a box by limiting His power and glory. Church, it's time to let God out of the box. Come on. I said it's time to open up and say, okay, God, the devil's running around. You go catch him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him freedom. Hallelujah. He'll give you freedom if you just let him out of the box. He'll give you victory if you just let him out of the box. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's, let's just talk about this just for a little bit because it is time for us, amen, to quit limiting God. And let's talk about this. How in the world can we box up God? How in the world can we put him in a box where he is limited and he's bound by what he can do? There's, there are three things that come to mind, and I want all of our ministers and teachers here tonight to be kind of thinking your spirit. And there, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to bring across three ways, but when I'm through with this message, I might point to somebody else and say, you give me another way that we can that we put God in a box and that we limit Him. The first thing that comes to my mind and my spirit, how that we box up Jesus, is by our traditions. Mark chapter 7, verse 13. I apologize, I didn't give you where I was going to be going tonight. But Mark chapter 7 and verse 13, this is what Jesus says. 
making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down and many such things you do. Think about that. He said, you may, and he was telling the Sadducees and the Pharisees this. He said, you make the word of God of no effect. Hallelujah. You take away its power. You take away its influence. You take away its authority. Why? How? By your own tradition, which you have handed down. I'm going to tell you something, church. Religions and denominations of man limit God and place Him in a box by traditions which takes Him completely out of the picture. Hallelujah. Glory. Man-made religions and denominations, they stick our Jesus in a box and close down the lid on it when they tell us there ain't no such things as miracles no more. What are they doing? They're putting God in a box. Healing is done away with. Miracles ceased when the apostles died. What are they doing? They're cramming the Lord in a box. He went. He didn't go through time just so you and me can stick him in a box and throw him in a corner somewhere. Hallelujah. He's got to be free to work his power. And if you don't believe in miracles, that's all right. Because if you don't believe, it ain't going to ever happen to you anyway. They ain't going to ever happen to you and never going to happen for you. Hallelujah. God ain't never crammed nothing down nobody's throat. But traditions of men, denominations that come up with their own theological. Listen, hey, you can't tell me nothing about the junk. I hold two doctorate's degrees. I've studied all this. I've studied all kinds of, kind of religions. I went through it all. I know what they teach. I know everything about it. And all of it is false and man-made. And it's meant to put Jesus in a box. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We limit Him. We make it where we take away His power, take away His control by our traditions, religious traditions. And you you hear me say this all the time. I don't just jump on other denominations, but Pentecost has got enough of their own. Amen. I said Pentecost has got enough of their own. We don't need to be worrying about other people's traditions until we get our own swept out of the house. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's, it's bad. And maybe in, 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 in some church out here in some denomination who don't believe in the power of God, they don't believe the, the Holy Ghost is real, they don't believe in the heavenly language of speaking in other tongues and all that stuff. Yeah, that, that, that's bad enough. But hallelujah, when you get in a Pentecostal church and you got Pentecostal people still cramming in the box with their traditions. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They left God completely out of the picture. No freedom, no power, and in many cases, no truth. Because we got God crammed in a box. We hear Brother Travis uh, testify. it's still new to him. I mean, it's still, it's still uh, ain't rubbed to the newness of it. And I, and I hope and pray it don't never run out, run off. It still amazes him about the freedom 
that he has in worshiping God in comparison to the freedom that he used to have when he went to some other church. Hallelujah. No freedom. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, I hear people all the time, well, I was born and raised in Pentecost. Praise God. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you need to go out and visit some of them other churches that ain't Pentecost so you can get a taste of what it really is. If you got a taste of what some people are bound in out there, maybe you would appreciate a little bit more what God's got you going right here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because when you're only used to one thing, that one thing is all you know about. Hallelujah. Amen. We don't realize that we have the same capabilities of putting God in a box. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we box up Jesus by our traditions. We're going to be going to Matthew chapter 13, verse 57, 58. Next thing, Sean, Matthew 13, 57, 58. We box up Jesus by our unbelief. We box him up with tradition. We box him up with unbelief. Matthew chapter 13, verses 57, 58. So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of what? It wasn't because he didn't have the power to do it. But he couldn't do it because of the unbelief. He's referring, of course, and everybody knows here, he's referring about his hometown, Nazareth, where he was brought up. He went everywhere. Men and the and, and the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is filled with all kind uh, all kind of examples of the, the things that the Lord did and the mighty miracles that he did. Spoke to the storm and the wind. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and even the wind obeyed him. Turned the water into wine. Healed deaf people, blind people. People who could not speak, people who were paralyzed, could not walk, raised the dead. But he, but he didn't do anything in Nazareth. Why? Well, is not is not this Jesus the son of the carpenter? That's what they said. That's what they said. Hey, don't we know? Don't don't we know his mama? What about his brothers? They didn't know much. They didn't know they wouldn't have been his brothers. It was only his half-brothers. And he gave them, gave them their names, his half-brothers. Who does he think he is? We, uh, we was in first, second, third, and fourth, fifth grade together. Hallelujah. One old, one old boy stood up and said, Yeah, man, said, said, I whooped him up and down out there on the softball field. Hallelujah. I can swing a bat a whole lot better than him. Who does he think he is now? Come on now. I'm just telling you how the way that people think fleshly thoughts. Hallelujah. He didn't do many mighty works in Nazareth because of their unbelief. And their unbelief kept him in the box. Hallelujah. So we box up Jesus by our traditions and we box up him by our unbelief. Failure to take God at His Word will mark out a boundary around His power 
limiting his saving and healing force from reaching the center of our need. Hallelujah. Think about that for a moment. We have a need. And it takes his power, his saving and healing force, to reach the very center of the need that we have. But it can't do that if we got it boundaried off because of unbelief. Hallelujah. One more thing, and we go this to the Old Testament. One of the minor prophets, Amos. Uh, this is a scripture Brother Hell quoted a whole lot down in his ministry. I remember him quoting it a lot. But we box the Lord by our traditions. We box him up by our unbelief. Third and finally, we box him up by our inactions. Hallelujah. We box him up by our inactions. What do you mean, Brother Pruitt? Well, Amos chapter 6 and verse 1 gives a, a warning, and he called it a woe. He says, Woe to you who are at ease in Zion. Woe to you who are at ease in Zion and trust in Mount Samaria, notable persons in the chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes. The first part of that, woe to you, who are at ease in Zion. A lot of people limit God's power and they put them in a box because spiritually speaking, they stay kicked back and their feet up on a cushion somewhere. Spiritually speaking. They're not fasting when everybody else is fasting. They're not praying when everybody else is praying. They're not studying when everybody else is studying. They just think that they're going to kick back and just slide on in just because Jesus loves them. I'm going to tell you what, His love for you is not the issue. I promise you, everybody ends up lost. Every one of those people is going to be lost. Uh, God had got love for them. said He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Hallelujah. Quit trying to cop out on His love for you. His love for you will not let you slide by. Will not let me slide by. Hallelujah. He woe to them who are at ease in Zion. We put God in a box when we sit around and we don't do nothing. We keep back spiritually and we got our feet put up. I want to explain to you the two categories of sin. They're basically they're basically two categories or two types of sin. One type of sin, one category of sin, is sins of commission. Sins of commission, these are the things that we commit, the sins that we commit, the things that we act out, you know, things that we do. Hallelujah, man, you know, getting drunk or whatever, whatever the, whatever the Bible calls sin. These are all called sins of commission. There are sins that we commit against God and against His Word. And when we get to the point and place in our Christian walk that we quit, we don't have as many sins of commission, we think we're all right. When over here on the other category, we got a long list of sins of omission. Sins of omission are the things that you and I omit to do on a daily basis, and we don't do it. And don't think nothing about it. Don't realize they're getting wrote down just as much as the sins of commission. 
We need to think about that, folks. Hallelujah. Sins of omission. Failure to be a witness. Failure to let your light shine. Amen. Failure to talk to people about this God. If you let your light shine, you are a witness. And then somebody leaves this life unsaved and you did your part, then the blood's not on your hands. You're clean. Hallelujah. But we put Jesus in a box by our inactions. Think about that, folks. Hallelujah. Think about it. Very close. Hallelujah. One of the greatest ways that we limit God and place Him in a box is by our inactions and inconsistencies. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, you, you say in Mozilla, you know, the, some, some people, uh, uh, they're in one time and out the next. They're up one time, down the other. They're not, they're not, on, they're, they're not consistent, whatever. Hey, some people, as what maybe Sister, uh, Shelley talked about a while ago, think, well, you know, I got to be completely perfect, and they they they, they try to they set, they set a goal way up here that's totally unachievable. That will that will finally that cause a lot of people to give up on God when they don't they don't meet their own standards, not the standards of what God tells them, but their own standards. When God is looking more for consistency in your relationship with Him. You might not be up here. You're, you might not be on as high a level as somebody else. Hallelujah. But maybe that person on that high level, they might be up, they may be up there one day a week and all of a sudden they're way down here. you got somebody middle of the ways that's consistent in what they do for God, consistent and on a straight level line. God is far more pleased with them. Hallelujah. Some people try to jump out there, Brother Dowell, and they want—they uh, don't think they're doing nothing for God unless they're outrunning everybody else. Hallelujah. But just remember the story of the rabbit and tortoise. When you was a kid in school, that same principle applies here. Hallelujah. You don't have to run as... You don't have to run faster than everybody else to make God happy with you and pleased with you and make it hallelujah. God says just keep a walking. Hallelujah. I've seen people take off, amen, in a fast run. I mean, it's just going all out. Man, the wind's blowing by. People say, whoa, man, look at them go, look at them go. And they just, man, they, they, they're just moving on, you know, come in there. And they, they say, man, I'm, I'm way out here. They've been several leaks. I, I hear everybody else, I'm running faster than everybody. I can, I, everybody else is only praying 30 minutes, man. I can pray four, four hours solid, not stop. Hallelujah. Everybody else only fasting one meal, man. I can fast seven days. Hallelujah, man. I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. You said you ain't doing nothing. Because that person trying to outrun everybody else, see? The question is not if they're going to slow down. It's just the question is when they're going to slow down. Because it's coming. It's coming. What are you saying? I'm saying, as in everything in life, even in our walk with God, 
we need to learn to pace ourselves. Because that's, that's the word, brother. It's endurance that wins the race, not speed. Not speed. Now, it, it ain't how you come out of the gate. It's how you're going around that, that far curve. Hallelujah. How you finishing up? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So, we, we need to get God out of the box. We've seen God do some mighty things around here. Not as mighty as He wants to do. Because in our own way, as I said in the beginning, we all limit God. We all have been guilty of putting, putting God in this box. Putting a boundary around Him. Hallelujah. But you know what? If we just open up our own box. Say, all right, Lord. You're free. Do what you want to do. I give it to you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you what, folks. Couldn't none of want none of us to be able to stand it off what God does. Hallelujah. If we just learn. Not be like the Israelites in the in, in the in the wilderness. He tempted God, tested him, grieved him, and limited him. Hallelujah. Those all those years in the wilderness. Let's get God out of the box. Brother Darrell, I want you to go up and get get a course ready. Somebody else right now, tell me another way that we put God in a box. Pride. Yes. Yep, that's a good one, real good one. Mm-hmm, yep. Right, 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 brother. Mm-hmm, hallelujah, hallelujah. We've got, we've got to keep God out of the box, not limit Him, so He will do what He wants to do in our midst. Hallelujah. My, my. You know what? Uh, I read an article. I read an article in a paper not long ago about. A, and I'm going out of. Maybe, maybe I should or should not know, but out of, out of respect, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to name the denomination. But over here stateside, you know, for the most part, the churches is dead and powerless. And they ain't got enough power in to deliver a flea, much less a human being. But you know what? On the mission field, they got missionaries receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the foreign fields. God's doing a powerful work because see, see things change when you when you get out of the comfort zone of America and you get over there. It's over. They have to do what like we had had to do forty years ago. You you got to get in touch with heaven to survive because those missionaries get over there. Hey, they get over there and and uh, they got a lot of folks over here that that promise to send X amount of dollars to them every month and uh, you know. They don't all come through like they, uh, like, the, like they tell them they're going to come through. And, man, they're up through all, all kind of dangers and stuff. So they're, they're praying seeking God over there. They, they get over there. They forget what. And uh, I was reading this article in, in the paper. Maybe some of you may recall. And um, 
the big officials over here sitting behind their desks in their offices. Well, we got to uh, we got to issue a, issue a statement and decree that our missionaries can't practice this tongue talking, or we'll have to pull we'll have to pull them out, put somebody else in, because and they and then they had their name. He says the blank denomination said that's just not the blank way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. You know what they're doing? They're sealing their own doom. They're sealing their own doom. God, don't never let me be guilty of boxing you up. Hallelujah. Brother Darrell. How many believe we can let the Lord out of the box? First thing he's going to do is put Satan in there. <laughs> Brother Joseph. Oh, the God's unchanging hand. Yes, oh, the God's unchanging hand. Be Something's eternal Oh, to God in changing hands Just hold 